Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Robots Radio presents... You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Sergio. Crit. I found a tome of ancient secrets. It was in the cupboard next to the broom. Yeah, I put that there. Oh. Well, damn me for being excited. Well, I did. I did. <laughs> look, the, the stuff in that book is uh, can be dangerous. And I didn't. Let's, let's put it out there. I didn't trust you. <laughs> I didn't trust that you would start flipping through it. Moi? Fucking stuff up. <laughs> Me? <laughs> like it has to do with all sorts of crazy, supernatural, undead things. <gasps> Read me a story, Sergio. Read me a story. <laughs> well, it's spooky season out there. It is. Everything. Did you know that when I was a kid, I didn't know how daylight savings time worked, and I just assumed that it got darker because Halloween was coming. <laughs> I never want you to lose that childhood dream. <laughs> I mean, I still kind of believe it. I mean, it just gets darker so much quicker now. But yeah, it's uh, it's Halloween coming up here uh, at the end of this month. Mm. And so uh, we're going to spend the month talking about all manner of spooky things. We're going to start off this episode with some, uh, with some of your favorite undead uh, creatures, your ghosts, your banshees, your will-o'-the-wisps, your will-o'-wisps. And your wraiths. I just want to say, did you know banshees are a whale of a time? Ah, ah, ah. I know it was terrible. But anyway. I did, I did know that. That makes <laughs> sense, though. That makes sense. All right. So what's our first ghost to jump into? Well, we're just going to go into the ghost. The, the actual ghost. ghost. The ghost. Um, the ghost. Not the Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, Whoopi Goldberg you know, amazing film that has transformed so many people's lives, but the undead creature that um, is uh, essentially like in, in D and D lore, it's not unlike, you know, what you, what, what we know as a ghost in, in real life. Um, or I guess, I mean, if you believe in ghosts or don't believe ghosts, the way we talk about ghosts is the way they talk about ghosts in, in the D and D uh, worlds you know it's a, a ghost is a, is the soul of a once living being uh that is that is chained to a location or uh or a creature or an object like it's like it's like uh it's doomed to haunt it's fated to haunt that that location or that person or that object um i guess until you know until it's free you know like it it has um has like unfinished business so to speak perhaps it was someone who was murdered and once the once their murder avenged before their soul can rest, perhaps it was someone who uh, who you know can't enter into the afterlife as a result of the terrible, awful things they did uh, in in their in their living life. 
you know, perhaps uh, it's just someone like Slimer who just who just likes to eat. He just likes to eat. But ghosts are cool. Ghosts, you know, ghosts are definitely uh, something that can add to the eeriness, to the spookiness of your campaign. Uh, one thing is that, you know, that being undead, they don't require air or food or drink or, or they don't need to sleep. They don't need any of that stuff that living creatures need. So you don't have to worry about um, sort of, uh, you know, making sure it makes sense, like in context, like, well, this ghost has been here for a thousand years. You know, there's no 7-Eleven nearby. Um, <laughs> but according to, uh, according to D&D Beyond, uh, sensations of profound fat, sadness, loneliness, and unfulfilled yearning, yearning emanate from places where ghostly hauntings occur strange uh, sounds or even unnatural silences uh, cold spots uh, you know smells like odors like noxious smells uh, inanimate objects being moved like being thrown around things like poltergeist type situation uh, you know these can be indicators that that something is afoot that there might be a ghost nearby um, speaking uh, from a combat perspective you know, ghosts aren't too high up. So it's something if you're starting off a new campaign, that's a, a ghost is something that you can throw in relatively early into it. That I think their challenge ratings uh four, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their armor class is only eleven, so they're relatively easy to hit if you can get to them. Because like most uh, really cool player characters, the like player uh, character uh, races, they can fly. So it's a it's a really cool. Uh, if you're a DM, it might be a way to get used to handling the mechanics of flight in combat. You know, throw a ghost in there, and then at that point, you're able to, uh, you know, start letting players have uh, characters who can fly, like the Aracocras who we spoke of earlier uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. But yeah, I mean, like it's really cool. They have um, obviously being like sort of like. Um, non-temporal they have you know damage resistance to um, acid fire lightning thunder uh, so like the elements as well as uh, you know your basic damage from weapons which would be bludgeoning piercing slashing uh, you need something magical to take on a ghost if you're running around with your you know level one great sword you're not gonna do much to old ghosty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got dark vision. Um, the only language is it, it like there's no like ghost language. It just knows. It just remembers whatever <laughs> whatever languages it knew while it was alive, right? Um, some cool um, like uh, attacks that it has uh, is it has the uh, horrifying visage. So each non-dead, cre- each non-undead creature within sixty feet of the ghost. So more likely, like nine times out of ten, your basic player character. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be playing a non uh, a non-undead or a living creature. <laughs> yeah, uh, must succeed on a DC thirteen wisdom saving throw or be frightened for one minute. Oh yes, and I forgot minute, about that one. Yeah, one minute is ten rounds in game that's a lot of rounds it's a lot of rounds uh i was explaining to my wife the other day how a two hour long combat it could really only be like three minutes in real life oh yeah three minutes in in the game oh yeah so that's fun um (laughs) but uh yeah so they if they fail the saving throw they are frightened for a minute uh the saving fail if the if the safe uh saving throw fails by five or more so if they roll an eight or under mm-hmm. the target also ages 1d4 times 10 years which is anywhere from 10 to 40 years mm-hmm. now that is pretty freaking cool a frightened target can repeat the saving throw at each uh, of its turns at the end of e- at the end of each of its turns yep ending the frightened condition on itself as a success so that's you know so even so you start off every turn frightened until you're able to meet that saving throw so 
you're not able to like go get that saving throw and then hopefully do something else mm-hmm. because uh because being frightened in D D, um you have disadvantage on um on pretty much everything right uh pretty much yeah on ability checks on attack rolls um and then you can't will willingly move closer to the source of your fear so yeah if, if you i mean even if you have that that magical great sword if you're afraid of this ghost if this ghost has hit you with its horrifying visage and you find yourself frightened by it like you you will not, you cannot attack it because you can't get any closer to it unless it comes closer to you yeah but if it stays floating above you know 20 feet 40 feet it can, it can fly up to 40 feet uh can hover 40 feet over your head if it's doing that you there's no way you can attack it until you beat that saving throw that wisdom saving mm-hmm. throw. yeah that's uh, the part see. that sucks very cool yeah um if a target saving throw is successful or the effect for it ends so after 10 rounds the target is immune to this to this ghost's horrifying <laughs> visage for the next 24 hours. So just just an FYI to all those DMs out there, throw four ghosts in the room. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, just keep I mean, well that's that's the other thing too is um well I don't know, like go I mean, ghosts are essentially like, you know, people. So it's not like they have lost any of their intelligence. So yeah. I mean, depending on, I mean, yeah, depending on like how stink, how much of a stinky rat you want to be DM wise, you could have just, you can have like four ghosts, just like keep hitting, trying to hit each person with a horrifying visage mm-hmm. and just, you know, and just keeping, keep them scared, which is a pretty good strategy. Oh yeah. Uh, they've also got a uh, possession, which um, that one humanoid that the ghost can see within five feet of it must succeed on a DC 13 charisma saving throw or be possessed by the ghost. So the previous one was a wisdom saving throw. You get scared. This one is a charisma saving throw. You get possessed. The ghost then disappears and the target is incapacitated and loses control of its body. The ghost now controls the body, but doesn't deprive the target of awareness. The the ghost can't be targeted by any spell uh, attack or any effect except the ones that turn undead and it retains its alignment, intelligence, all that. Uh, it's immune to being charmed or frightened. I can otherwise use the possessed target statistics, but doesn't gain access to the target's knowledge or class features or proficiencies. So the, the ghost can't possess your character and find out the you know the, the secret information that the character knows or that the party knows uh, that you know that's going to you know, take down the the big bad at the end, right? Uh, or any class features um, that uh, you know. Uh, I was going to say dark vision, but ghosts already have dark vision. Mm-hmm. But any sort of class features that come with, um, with you know, being a barbarian, like rage, for example. Oh, yeah. There you go. There's one. There's I've one. Figured it out. See, back in 3.5 uh, days when barbarians could use cleave, greater cleave, and so on and so forth, a barbarian ghost was quite, quite a challenge to deal with. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Those oh things, yeah, I mean, yeah, as as big and and you know, it's hard. you don't want to. I mean, especially if it's your party member, you don't really want to hurt them. Although the possession lasts until the body, uh, until that person hits zero hit points. Oh yeah, it's a zero hit point. So uh, the ghost ends it as a bonus action, or the ghost is turned or forced out by an effect like dispel evil and good. When the possession ends, the ghost reappears in a non-occupied space within five feet of the body. And again, the uh, that target is immune to possession, to that ghost's possession mm-hmm. uh, twenty for 24 hours, uh, either after the saving throw, a successful saving throw, or the possession ends. So, I mean, that's that's one way to definitely do it. Just like beat up your buddy with, with non-lethal <laughs> damage. Monk, where are you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, like I guess in fifth edition, fifth edition non-lethal isn't really a um a thing like it was in three point five. Yeah, it's not as. I mean, it's it's always gonna be a thing, but yeah. it's not as different as three point five was. With three point five, yeah. they would make you deal non-lethal, and then you sometimes you would have to do half, and it's it was a huge mathematical equation to figure out 
how much damage you did. Yeah, now it's just like, hey, I don't want to kill this guy because I want to ask him some stuff. I just kind of want to knock him out. It's like, all right, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. They made it easy. Like, Straight. Yeah, you swing at him with your sword, and at the last second, you like you turn the hilt, and instead of slashing through him, you just knock him on the head with the flat side of it. Exactly. <laughs> but like I said, uh, ghosts are, um, they're 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 tricky. I mean, they're they're not strong. In fact, they have a, a strength of seven. Yeah. Um. You know they. Uh, you know they're dexterous only because of their flight. And they've got charisma, but beyond that, you know, their constitution, their intelligence, their wisdom is a is a baseline ten. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there's just something that you can throw in relatively early to um, to sort of like spook up your your campaign or or get used to the mechanics of flight. Not terribly early, because like I said, like you know, I say like they got they got a CR of of four. I was correct on that. And so you don't want to you don't want to get a TPK on, on nearly headless Nick on your, on your new on your new party. <laughs> TPK nearly headless Nick. Uh, <laughs> oh goodness, yeah, ghosts. Ghosts are one of those. They're one of those creatures that we typically overlook as DMs especially veteran DMs, you'll overlook those almost every time in favor of the cooler, so to speak, apparitions. And ghosts definitely have their place on the battlefield because not only can they be used in combat decently effective, but they're really great when you use them as poltergeists. No, yeah, absolutely. I was, yeah. was going to say, like, and this isn't, you know, as a DM... Uh, well, as a player, you know, like there's always the the chance of possibly, you know, because these aren't like mindless, these aren't like you know mm-hmm. zombies or or um, kind of like um, we'll talk about them later, not like banshees where they are like are like driven to to kill, yeah, or to hurt. Like they're not driven by anger for the most part. You know, they can be, but you know, if you're um, exploring. A, a cave or um, a long forgotten mansion and you see a ghost there and you know they're they can be a, they, they're aggressive there is a chance to possibly you know uh, turn them to your side oh and, yeah and get them to help oh yeah they can and they can always be used as great NPCs too I mean, mission givers quest givers no yeah absolutely like the the the, the tried and true hook of avenge my death you know find out who killed me mm-hmm. and you've got a humdinger of a mystery uh adventure right there oh yeah yeah i would uh, man speaking of i would love to play one of those what a murder mystery yeah dude, <laughs> I, I mean they, they're out there they do exist it's yeah. not like i came up with some novel idea but i just like saying it out loud made me think like yeah, that'd be fun i want to do one right now hmm <laughs> so We've talked a lot about ghosts. What's our next apparition on the table? Well, I brought them up earlier. The Banshee. Ooh. You, uh, you seemed pretty, um, like pretty dead set on talking about Banshees. Um, like unlike unlike ghosts, which uh, you know can be um, not only uh, like um, like good, but even like beneficial to your party. Like they could actually be helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Banshee is like just full on. Like I'm trying to kill you. They are, um, and I know that D and D is starting to shy away from the, um, like the, the very static alignments, but um, for right now, Banshee is considered a, cha- a chaotic, an undead chaotic evil character, and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm sure like a that might be something that isn't necessarily uh, changed, but for the most part, throughout you know the history of uh, their history in this game, they've been evil. Oh yeah. Um, Banshees uh actually have um their like in our in our world it's a it's like Irish folklore. The banshee is like a is a um let me see here. It's a legend, it's an Irish legend. It heralds the death of a family member by wailing, shrieking. It said and then it says or keening. I don't know what keening is. I assume it's something like like wailing or shrieking 
It's, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of on the same. It's almost like a lower tone of it, I believe. It's either lower or higher pitched. It says, uh, yeah, here it goes. It says uh, prolonged and high pitched. Yeah, yeah. I so, say I know it's it's like a ridiculously annoying. <laughs> so that's uh, I I love when they take um, like folklore and legends that um that are from like real life. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, as as opposed to creating their own. But like taking stuff like like a banshee, and 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 you know adding it a D and D twist to it. But it's, the banshees are banshees are cool. They embody the essence of hideousness, <laughs> and oftentimes they are the spirits of elven women whom in life had an evil alignment. Yes, that's the. I think that's the coolest part of the banshee, is that. I believe there's an old uh, legend about banshees as well that they come from scorn women. They're scorn mm. women's souls in our world. That's some of the that's some of the uh, origin myths behind them of the real banshee. Um, I love the fact that they made this elven women because of the fact of magical. I mean, we've talked about it several times already. Elves are more attuned to magic. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that they kept that kind of going. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, they, in life, like you said, they're more attuned to magic. So mm-hmm. if their their spirit doesn't move on to the afterlife, if their spirit continues to dwell on the material plane, yep. there's still some sort of connection to magic there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got corrupting touch, which um oh and by the way so again they can also hover they can also fly um they are very similar in terms of um challenge rating so Mm -hmm. uh so if you've got a a a party of like third to fifth level like you know using a using ghosts and banshees would be like you know setting that um that part of the campaign or or just setting up a just a solo one-shot adventure uh, you can definitely use these two creatures. Yeah. So they've got Corrupting Touch. It's a melee spell attack. It has a plus four to hit, which, I mean, if you're rolling a D20, a, a plus four would, would help any time. Um, and uh, if it does hit, it is three D6 plus two of necrotic damage. So anywhere from eight to 20 points of necrotic damage is available from Corrupting Touch. They also have horrifying visage, much like the ghost. And they're for me, they're really cool. Their their best uh, attack is their whale, which they can do once a day. The banshee releases a mournful whale, provided that she isn't in sunlight. This whale has no effect on constructs and undead. Yep. All other creatures, again, I mean, like you could, I mean. More often than not, your 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 player character is going to be a living humanoid, so a non-construct, non-undead creature. Uh, all other creatures within thirty feet of her that can hear her must make a DC thirteen Constitution saving throw. Now, this one, it being con, you know, most characters tend to um, try to keep that above ten, you know, just to. Uh, just for the hit points. Yeah. And so the, the 13 isn't too bad because if you have a modifier, if you have a plus one or plus two modifier. Yeah. Um, but still, on a failure, the creature drops to zero hit points. That's it. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're immediately at, at death saving throw at uh, yeah, the, the process of trying, of trying not to die. Well, uh, you need, but then even on the success, <clears throat> You take 3d6 psychic damage. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, even if you succeed, you're still hitting it really hard. I mean, like, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's, it's such a dangerous attack. Mm-hmm. If, you've got a, if you've got a party of five, party of five, huh? <laughs> party of uh, five? And, they, um, and they're walking into this old, you know, abandoned tomb uh, that is rumored to be haunted but come on no one believes in that sort of stuff 
I, there's, I hear there's some gold in here. And then you just hear this loud wail, this, this mournful wail. And two of you immediately drop to the floor. <laughs> and the other three of you, you know, are like, you have this sort of like existential uh, pain inside of them. Mm-hmm. Like that is terrifying. I mean, that's a hell of a way to start a combat. I laugh because this has happened to my party. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Now, like, wait, like, were you the DM or were you, were I, you part of the party? I was the DM. I was like, yeah, everybody's got like decent. Yeah, of course. I was like, everybody's got a decent con. We're going to be all right. No, two immediately dropped to the floor and it's these two left to fight it. And I'm like, oh, no. See, no, this, yeah, I mean, this is the thing, though, I want to bring up. This is vastly different from the 3.5 days. It used to be you hear the whale and you don't make the save, you're just dead. There's no yeah. zero, there's you're just dead. Kills you on the spot. Yeah. And if you manage to pass, you're still taking a ridiculous amount of dice to your face. That's there was no there was no exceptions to this. I do like the fact that they have changed this for 5.0 because now it gives you a little bit more of a umph. You know, it gives I mean, it gives yeah, them a like chance. It, yeah, like I, I would hate to think that one bad roll means the death of your character. Exactly. I mean, when you're at a complete, like, you know, a complete uh, point, like hit points at complete health. Mm-hmm. You know, I can understand, like, you know, being in the middle of combat and, you know, someone swings at you and their their great roll ends up, you know, uh, hitting and the damage roll ends up taking you out. Like, okay, like that happens in the game. But you know, hearing this 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 mournful wail, and then you know rolling a ten, and then you're dead. Like, I mean, I could see like many, uh, many a player being pretty upset about that. This is why I rarely use banshees in three point five. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure, for sure. And but because of that little that that little tweak on the rules on the on the rules for damage and uh, and failing on the saving throw, you know they. Uh, a banshee could be a very, um, very tough of a very fun sort of like mid boss. Oh, definitely. If you're if you've got this sort of like spooky dungeon crawl sort of thing, you know you you hit them with some ghosts and they also like some um, some will o' wisp that you know we'll talk about after the break, um, just to get them get them started. And then you hit them with a banshee, where they they've got to try to, uh, to not not die upon hearing it. Although, I would think maybe dropping hints about having the players like cover their ears. Oh yeah, I when I here's here's what I did when the three point five back in the three point five days, I would leave subtle hints either. Well, the one that comes to mind was the village. They were in a village, and there was a mansion that was haunted by a banshee. And they're subtle. If they talked to the villagers, the NPCs, they would get subtle hints of there's uh, a wailing of a woman in the middle of the night. Uh, the, the you know the men go in and screams are heard, but no one comes out. You know, I would leave these subtle hints as to, hey, you need to take earplugs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. And that's and that's the that's the danger of like metagaming mm-hmm. is if you're if you're too um, like forward with it if you if you're not subtle enough then you know a player like like me would be like oh that's you know it's probably a banshee like, yeah, I, yeah. I know, but you know my character might not know that but just being able to uh, drop subtle enough hints that you know the 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 players believe like. In character, they believe it's it's a good idea to possibly um, cover up their ears at a certain point. Now, I have but, had a very creative death with banshees. I want to say this before we continue: <laughs> they right? used a megaphone against a banshee. Oh, okay. Now right. it was a very it was a very odd and peculiar. They basically had a magical item that could create a sixty foot sphere of metal around an object they choose. 
they chose to use this. It, it was called the shield. It's just called the shield. Okay. They chose to use this on the banshee right as she wailed, trapping the banshee in a sphere with her own whales. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now, typically, the Banshee's immune to this, but because I loved this and I didn't want them to fail, I went ahead and rolled it. <laughs> <laughs> the creativity was enough for me. I was like, you know what? This one's special, and it died. <laughs> and before we get to the break, uh, we'll link to this in the show notes, but I'm a big fan of DM Dave and uh, this, uh, the content that he produces. Mm-hmm. And he's got a real, he's got like different, he's got variants on the Banshee that Ooh. are very cool. Like uh, mm-hmm. it's, and there's a lot of different, a uh, lot of like five different variants that he talks about that he's built up. And I haven't used them. Obviously like I was in, I was in the research for this episode is when I discovered it. So I haven't used them in game, but based on other stuff of his, yeah, you could, you could safely say like, you can go ahead and incorporate them. With, without much tweaking at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, usually with his stuff, you you usually can. But yeah, so like I said, we'll, we'll link to that in the notes. But yeah, Banshee's like a really fun uh, potential mid-boss for your spooky adventure. Oh, yeah. <sighs> that time. It's that it time. Is. Should we go to a mid-break? Let's do it. Woo! All right, Sergio, here we are in the middle of the show. And you know the first thing we should do? Um, thank our patrons. Thank our patrons. I got it yes. from here. I, I got, got it right. to work this time. Ooh, <laughs> got that one right. <laughs> All right. So first, I want to thank our scholar patrons, Wolf the Sheepdog and Remington Cloutier. Next is our wizard patrons, Stagger and Stumble, Jonathan Sutter, and Chris Mitchell. And those guys can join us on the patron chat next week. Yes, that's what exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, they can join us along with our two D80 patrons who also get to join in in a monthly game ran by Mawa. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't had a chance to play our first one, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the first one. Yeah, I've, I've got my character figured out. Like it's, I'm excited about it. Yes, and our two patrons are Jared Bush and Lupus Malum. They are Maverick and Lupus. Yep, and they are at our deity level. So Everyone, thank you, patrons. Thank, yeah, thank you so much for um, for supporting us, for allowing us to um, do a lot of cool things with the show, create merchandise. Mm-hmm. Um, buy the latest you know uh the, the latest wizards of the coast books like official books so that we can review them on the show yep and like we've got a lot of cool stuff planned for the show so yeah if you're not if you're listening and you can throw a few dollars our way please do so uh, as low as five bucks gets you early episodes and ad free as well uh ten dollars gets you bonus episodes um anywhere like they could be like full-on like hour-long episodes or they can be like little short like 15 to 20 minute um, just like quick info dumps. Um, also, you'll get access to listening to the to the patron D and D campaign. So, like I said, like for five to ten bucks, you can get a lot of a lot of content. A lot, a lot, a lot. Yep. <laughs> so, once again, thank you to our patrons, and I do want to say a very special thank you to everyone who listens too. You guys are also yeah, and- awesome and important and incredible. And we love you guys. Uh, without all of you, patrons and listeners, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you a fan of ours um, but can't financially support, like that's by, by like we're, we're not upset at it. You know, the fact that you're not listening means so much to us. And uh, if you could, like tell a friend, you know, you know, uh, that guy that works across the office who... Uh, you've seen wear a like you know flash T-shirt or a Batman? Like, hey, he's probably a nerd. <laughs> probably likes nerdy things like D and D. He likes tell nerdy him, things. Like, tell him about your favorite D and D lore cast with Almighty Crit and Sergio. I say, don't leave yourself out there. You're just as important, Sergio. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's on our patrons. Next, I want to steal the spotlight for a moment and talk about a mini that Lupus brought up in our Discord. 
It's ridiculous. Because, Absolutely it, ridiculous. Okay, so there's if two. You thought, if you thought a $400 Terrisk, which I've I've discovered it's, it's it is pronounced Terrisk. It is pronounced Terrisk. Okay. It's uh it's actually um it's based in French folklore, much like the Banshee is Irish folklore. Oh, Terrisk has its uh, origins in French folklore. And an old, a professor of mine, um, you know, uh, messaged me to tell me that who he he runs a, one of the campaigns that I'm in, and I can just felt I could feel his his um his like very disappointed glare at me <laughs> like i can't believe you're one of my students what how dare you what is wrong with you exactly <laughs> um yes so this many the first one i want to bring up is ridiculous it is by iron studios it is available for pre-order right now um and it is estimated arrival in the second quarter of 2022 it is a Tiamat battle. Okay, this is this is Tiamat actually battling and using breath weapons. One by twenty demi art scale limited edition statue, and it's only a measly fifteen hundred dollars. Just fifteen hundred. Just fifteen hundred bucks. Holy cow! I mean, it does look sick, and we do have to say it's probably very meticulously handcrafted. I mean, the design looks very meticulously handcrafted alone. So, I mean, I get it. I can see why. But still, 1500 bucks. And it's it is it's very well, reminiscent of the cartoon version. Yeah, absolutely, from the D&D cartoon yeah. um from the 80s. Uh and we'll link to that. I put a link here in the in the Twitch chat, but we'll also link to that yep. in the uh, show notes. So, it, when if you're listening to the audio version of this, you can check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, it's bananas, and it's it is sick looking. But again, it's fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> I mean, for fifteen hundred dollars, it better like I better be able to climb on it and go to the store. Or something. <laughs> it better be my new transportation mode of transportation I mean, yeah. every day. <laughs> so it is, it is super dope, though. It is the next one I want to bring up, and the final mini I want to bring up this time is uh, the Asian style red dragon. Um, this one's more um, financially feasible. Yeah, it's it is it's it's eighty nine ninety five, and you can get it at. Let me pull up the website here. Uh, Thrillstudio.com. Yep, and it it is really cool looking. Honestly, it is it is a red dragon with um, it's Asian styling. So you know your your typical Chinese uh, dragons from you know artwork and things. It's more based that way. Um, it's only you know eighty nine ninety five. It's only ninety bucks. So that's typically what we're used to paying right around for our very large minis. Um, yeah, like a fully painted yeah large yeah. mini. Like that's like I said, that's that's more financially feasible. If you're in the mini game, I don't see how how, how this one is like that egregious. Yeah, it's 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 not terrible, and it it really is pretty to look at. It's very pretty to look at. Um. But yeah, those are my minis for the mini corner today. <laughs> it's very cool. Well, as because we're speaking of of all things, all well, not all things, but many things undead. We'll 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 try to get to all of them throughout the month. Um, my DM's Guild corner is going to be the gift of unlife. Ooh, this is a um, this is a PDF brought to you by a gentleman known as Claudio. Castelletto, and the Gift of Unlife contains the rules and references you need to fully handle and manage undead PCs or NPCs in your campaign. In this volume, you can find specific rules to control entire undead armies. Yeah, which is something I've always <laughs> been interested in. In D and D, is incorporating those, uh, like those uh, war game mm-hmm. like rule sets that that Arneson and Gygax were an, originally plain you know but then they sort of like streamlined streamlined it into like a smaller party right yep taking that that broader scope uh many cues and ideas to role play in undead which is right up our wheelhouse oh yeah uh three new playable undead races Ooh. 
a new uh, playable class, uh-huh. 18 new feats, 8 mutations, 33 new spells, and 21 new magic items. I like this. It's very I, cool. I'm going to have to go grab this one. It's called the Gift of, of Unlife, and it's only 1156 off the Dungeon Master's Guild. That's not and bad again, for as much as you get. Uh, again, we'll link. I'm linking to that in the in the Twitch chat right mm-hmm. now, and we'll have the uh, we'll have the link in the show notes. Hey, Blorgar, how's it going? I'm playing with Blorgar Blorgar in a. Uh, <laughs> uh, it sounds like I have a bunch of um, Flim. peanut butter in my mouth. Peanut butter, yeah. I was like, you have something in your mouth. I'm playing with Blorgar at a uh, charity Dead by Daylight tournament this weekend. Ooh. So if you want to check that out, you can visit um, uh, Lydia or not. You can find her on Twitch. You can find her on Twitter uh, under that handle. But yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Ooh. We're raising money for Make-A-Wish. So oh, to, yes. I'm going to have to tune in. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great cause, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully uh, we don't lose in the first round. We've been practicing all week, so fingers crossed. <laughs> I say I've been watching you guys practice. So <laughs> It's frightening. It's Have any tips for us? Uh, don't die. Yeah, <laughs> I, I told we had a uh, we had someone sort of like um, kind of like spectating and coaching us, giving us some tips afterwards. I'm mm-hmm. like, your your tip for me is going to be uh, be better. Just be better at the game. Just be better. <laughs> get good. <laughs> yeah, get good. Let's go uh, ahead and jump to the back half of the show. Well, first, oh no, Sergio. What is this? Oh, of course. What is the this? Giveaway. What is this? <laughs> We're giving away a special edition hardcover mm-hmm. copy of the Haunt trilogy. It's what, like sixty bucks? 50 yeah, fifty bucks. Yeah, it's like sixty bucks. Yeah. It uh, the printing looks amazing. It's it will look completely it's incredible beautiful. next to your official D and D books. Oh, look at that. Uh, almost two hundred pages. We got a fully printed, full color. Custom character sheets in the back. The games themselves, the can't like the adventures themselves are a lot of fun. I've actually oh, just started God, yes. running the 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 first haunt. It's three it's the haunt, the haunt two, the haunt three. I yes. started running the first haunt for my uh for my friends D and D group and they're they're loving it. They think everything is trying to kill them. They're so on edge. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to enter to win that game, all you have to do is either follow us on Twitch, mm-hmm. twitch.tv slash almighty crit, or go to our Twitter and follow us there, which is twitter.com slash D Lorecast. That's the letter D, the letter N, the letter D, Lorecast. And our pinned tweet on our profile is the official giveaway tweet. All you have to do is like or retweet that tweet. That's the second entry that you can earn. A third entry that you could earn is by going to the Robots Radio Discord, of uh, which we are a member of. Go to the Dungeons and Lorecast, Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast channel, and they ha- we have a pinned post on that. All you have to do is react to that, post a little emoji, and that is a third entry you can get. So you can have three ways to win, and we will draw a winner live on air um, right after Halloween on the November 4th episode. Yep. Great. Now, I think we're ready to transition to the end. Let's go. (laughs) There's never been a better time to have the William scream than right now during this episode. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the Wraith real quick. Oh, yes. So the Wraith is... um, I would say like, like a ghost plus, like a, like a, <laughs> that's a good way like, to put it, I guess. Like a, yeah. like a ghost on steroids. Oh yeah. They're, they're pretty vicious and gnarly. I would, I would say ghost plus. Uh, they can also hover, but as opposed to the 40 feet that ghosts or banshees are stuck at, they can actually go up to 60 feet. They like most undead creatures. They have all sorts of damage resistances. You're, your um your elementals your your acids um and then in addition to the non-magical items that you know the bludgeoning the piercing the slashing that ghosts are immune from uh they are also immune to non-magical attacks Mm -hmm. but also the weapon has to be silver yes that is huge difference so if you've got a um, 
if you've got an iron magic great sword that ain't do that, that might do something to that that ghost you met at the beginning of the the dungeon crawl but it ain't doing nothing to this wraith mm-hmm so a wraith is uh, according to D D is a malice is malice incarnate concentrated into an incorporeal form that seeks to quench all life so while a ghost can you know you can play them either either way on uh, on any way of, on the alignment the the wraith much like the banshee is just is is just evil just bad yep. you know you, there's there ain't, there ain't gonna be no talking to to a to a wraith the creature is suffused with negative energy and its mere passage to the world leaves nearby plants blackened and withered that animals, is my favorite part of that animals flee from its presence so that would be that would be a very subtle clue very cool clue for your uh, party to if they're like sort of walking through a forest yes and like for like before like you you tell them like oh you see like you see a deer off in the distance you see like you know all sorts of like varmints running around and then as they go further into the forest like you tell them like you know the 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 flora seems to seems to uh, seems dead and withered as if they're it's been sucked out of all life and in fact you you haven't you realize you haven't seen an animal for about three minutes you know for about a hundred yards or so whatever it may be mm-hmm. uh and so that could be a really cool way to like kind of hip them to something is wrong so, i i have actually in the homebrew world we have of alteris for the fumbling four in one of the forests, there is a circle, a giant circle in the forest that is plagued by, ba- uh, by not by banshees, uh, by wraiths. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, they're they're bound there by an ancient spell, um, but the entire circumference of this area is nothing but withered and dead plants. Yeah, and it's it stretches like- for miles. Yeah, I wonder if. What would be cool is like make it sort of like a um, like you know there's like that that scary house that the kids would be like I dare you to go knock on the door, mm-hmm. and then like that would be like I dare you like put you know put a foot inside the circle. Yep, yep. The circle of death. The, yep. So it's got uh incorporeal movement, um, which it can move through through creatures and objects as if it was difficult to rain. Uh, it takes uh, force damage if it ends its turn inside of an object. But so it can actually like you know fly through walls, people, uh, horses, all manner of things, all the things. <laughs> walls. People, I just and love horses. how horses was on that list. Oh, <laughs> uh, so it's got. I mean, it's it's attacks are gnarly. It's got life drain. It's a plus yeah. six to attack, which is gnarly, and does four d eight plus three of mm-hmm. necrotic damage. The target must succeed on a DC 14 constitution saving throw or its hit point maximum is reduced by an amount equal to the damage taken. So your entire like hit point uh, stash like you, you, goes down. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't, even if you heal after this until you take a long rest, you can't get above that threshold. Mm-hmm. So you start off with 48 hit points, you get hit with this for 24 damage, you automatically only have 24 hit points. And you can't get over that until you take a long rest. Yeah. You're, you are stuck at 24 hit points. Yeah. Uh, the target dies if this effect reduces its hit point maximum to zero. So it says the target dies. It doesn't say the target uh, falls unconscious or the target must... Uh, succeed on death saving throws says the target dies <laughs> yes so that might be something you want to stick with to make it that much more dangerous or you might want to tweak just so like like we were talking about earlier one bad roll doesn't mean the death of a character mm-hmm. yeah uh, they also have create specter they the wraith targets a humanoid within 10 feet of it that has been dead for no longer than one minute and died violently. So one of its victims, presumably. Yes. The target spirit rises as a specter in the space of its corpse or in the nearest unoccupied space. The specter is under the wraith's control 
A wraith can have no more than seven specters under its control at a time. So how gnarly would it be to, you know, if it, it hits your party member with life drain, it reduces, because of that, it reduces its hit points to zero. Your party member dies and then immediately comes back as a specter. Yes. Who you then have to fight. <laughs> This has happened. I've seen it happen. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> of course it's happened. Yeah, it's, it sounds great. Um, one, it's one weakness is sunlight. It has sensitivity to sunlight. Uh, while in sunlight, the wraith has disadvantage on attack rolls as well as wisdom checks that rely on sight. So if you... If you could figure out a way to get the Wraith into sunlight, that would be one of your best bets. Because at that point, all of its attacks have disadvantage. I mean, you could always use a spell. Exactly. This is where your magic casters come in. When fighting ethereal beings, your magic casters are your heavy hitters. So what are some spells that they could use? Oh, uh... You threw me in the. You threw me in it. There's so many spells. Um, I believe. Well, I mean, um, there's daylight. Daylight. Yeah, I was gonna say. I believe there's daylight. Um, you could use. Um, now this is this is a creative one. You could use fairy fire. Okay. Now, that doesn't do anything light wise, but it does give you a better chance at accurately hitting the thing to take it down quicker. Because when you use fairy fire, you get pluses. Your 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 allies get pluses. And you give negative uh, effects to the uh, enemy. So that'll also help you guys to avoid the attacks. Um, Fireball. Yeah, and then there's Sunbeam. Sunbeam is another one. Um, Fireball. I've seen this one. This was very creative. Fireball, not to do um, damage to the enemy, but Fireball to blow the wall. Yeah, allowing natural light to bleed in. Yeah, because the the party argued, and this I I let it go, because the party argued that moonlight is just the sun behind the moon. So ergo, it is technically sunlight. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I think they got down on you there. They did. They did a little bit, but I let it go because I liked where it was going. <laughs> well, like yeah, I mean. Uh, in some in some ways, you you want the you want your yeah. your if you're a DM and you want your players to sort of think outside the box and come up with unique and fun mm-hmm. ways to instead of just you know being murder hobos. Uh, yeah. Uh, but that's the wraith. Uh, before we run out of time, let's talk about Will of Wisp really quick. Ooh, um, yes. These little guys could definitely be the beginning of your uh, spooky adventure, or your spooky campaign. You know, uh, I I think they're a challenge rating of one or two. Yeah, they're not um, very high. But they're just they're little lights. They're little, um, they're little wispy balls of light that haunt lonely places and battlefields, uh, bound by dark fate or dark magic to magic magic to feed on fear and despair. So they look like um, like lanterns off in the distance, but then once you uh get close to them you start to hear like faint whispers like i like to think of them as um uh like spirits of people that for some reason like you know like a ghost is a more like um like a uh, fully formed spirit but a will of wisp is is something that for whatever reason couldn't exactly like you know Form itself, like keep its keep its form after mm-hmm. it died, and so it's stuck as like this, this little ball of light, and and perhaps that's that's where the the malevolence comes from, the the, the anger that that they're known for is because it's it's, it's doomed to uh, live out its existence as this little ball of light. But yeah, it's just it's got uh, it's got a shock attack plus four, um, and then but the damage is a two d eight. So unless it's got a great roll, you're looking at probably any like uh, low single or high single digits, low double digit damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has invisibility. Um, the will of wisp and its light magically become invisible until it attacks 
or uses its consume life or until its concentration ends. The consume life is as a bonus action, the Will-O-Wisp can target one creature it can see within five feet of it that has zero hit points and is still alive. The target must succeed on a DC 10 constitution saving throw against this magic or it dies. Yeah. So uh, that would be um, maybe at the beginning of a, of a can of an adventure, a spooky adventure, but then also throughout like these will-o'-wisp like continue to follow the party uh, throughout the, um, throughout their camp, throughout the adventure. Mm-hmm. And you, so you, you need to be careful in case you, one of your party members, uh, you know, falls down in battle that it doesn't come in and do, do the consume life spell on it. On yes. him or her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, like, just like little balls of light that actually will kill you. So, I mean, that's, that's not a, that's, that's kind of creepy. That's very, very yeah, especially in a, <laughs> in a, like a dark, dangerous forest mm-hmm. forest. You would think like, Light is a good thing, but not necessarily. Yeah, they they're they're typically like almost like pranksters. They typically yeah. they typically almost play out like pranksters. They're trying to draw players or you know living creatures into a a trap essentially, and that's the way yeah. I've always played them. As you might see this bouncing light in the woods, and you may be prone to fall it, and when you do, you are surrounded by other wisps. Yeah, like you follow one and then you turn around mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there's 10 around you. Exactly. So they are they themselves can be even though they're challenge rating, you know, one. They're not very high. Putting a lot of them together, this is something that DMs need to keep in mind. Putting a lot of them together can make for a recipe for disaster. Oh, no, absolutely. Like I one thing that I I I read on Twitter one time was if your party, like if your players aren't afraid of goblins, then you're not using goblins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like I'll always remember that. Like there shouldn't be like and the, you might even like um like lure them into this like false sense of security, like, oh, just some, you know, will o wisp, whatever, and they take down a couple, and then when they take down a couple, like three more appear. Yep. And they take down two more and then four more appear. And then all of a sudden, they're like, where the hell are these are these coming from? Like, oh, we got to get out of here. Yeah. We, we got to bounce, guys. We out. Yeah. <laughs> right. So lots of lots of spoopies. Lots of ghosties. All the spoopies. All the spoopies. So I, before we, we, before we bid everyone to do, still owe a magical item. Of course you do. But again, because I love this month so much. I'm gonna give you two <gasps> magical items. I know, I know. I've been, I've been cooking up. The gears are rolling. The gears are rolling. So both of these items are used. Um, <clears throat> part of an item that I am currently homebrewing called the Ghost Chapter Capture Kit. Okay. Okay. This is for this is for Halloween thing I'm doing for the podcast. Um, it is a group of ghost catchers. Yep. They call themselves the ghost captors. But anyway, it's a ghost. It's a kit that they've created. Now, two of these items, one of them is an ethereal chain. Okay. This ethereal chain can be wrapped around any ethereal being. And the, chi- the being must succeed a DC 16 wisdom saving throw. Wow. Yes. Yes. Or... They must answer the next three questions honestly and be bound for those three questions. So that means you could literally bind a wraith up, they fail their saving throw, and then you never ask them a question ever. Yeah. And they're just they're just bound. Now after the three questions are asked, that chain becomes useless against that entity. So and I'm sure they're not they're none too pleased. Uh, no, no, and there's not really any negative effects with this because it's not it's it's a powerful item, but it's not incredibly powerful. Um, it still can be broken out of you know the chain. It still acts as a chain. So if an ally of the ethereal beings decides to break the chain, it will break. It you know it has an AC just like a normal chain, HP yep. like a normal chain. It can be broken. It's an ethereal chain. That's that's just it. Um. Think of it almost like a blessed chain. You know, it just gets that added bonus and it has the magical powers. 
There's also a mirror called the Mirror of Forget-Me-Not. Okay. So this mirror can be used against an ethereal being, and the ethereal being must make a DC 13 wisdom saving throw. Okay, not bad. Or be forced to relive its memories of its previous life. As you watch. You can watch through the mirror. So this would be good for your 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 mystery campaign. You can figure out what happened by forcing yeah. the spirit yeah. to, you know, it's a catch it's a catch twenty two. However, the catch to this item is once you use it on an entity, the mirror breaks and can be never used again. Better be careful about which yes. one you choose. Yes. Um, you can have another mirror created. Yeah, yeah. But but it's, it's a one time use item. It's a one time use item. Yep. It's because it is very powerful. If you use it in specific manners, it can be very powerful. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yes, there are your ghost capture kits for today. <laughs> We're gonna have to get all these magic items and 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 codify them and get them get them uh, put out like you know put them on the Discord or do something mm-hmm. to where we can uh, people can have them be able to see them. And, when I uh, if like, I get some time, I'm gonna start making a um, I'm gonna start making a book with all the magic items, both Tom and I have created, and I'm going to see yeah. if we can't get it to our attached to our Discord. And I want to see if we can't get some artwork and stuff done, like Stuart yeah. was talking. I want to I want to get this thing looking nice. Yeah, maybe put it on the uh, DMG. Yeah, or the DMs Guild. Yeah. But yes, those are our two magical items for the day. Very cool. I like them. I like them both. Oh, woo. Well, Sergio, before we bid everyone adieu, do you have anything you want to tell our listeners? I like you. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, I also have another podcast called Phantom University. It's a bi-weekly podcast with my best friend, Sean Hamill. We take a look at uh, nerdy things like sci-fi and horror and comic books and the like. Uh, we give it um, the elevated discourse we feel it deserves. I've got a, a master's degree in humanities. He's got one in creative writing. And so um, we think that um, that people look down on these things as, as childish or as um, low class. But I think that uh, they have a lot. Well, we both do think that they have a lot to say and the way they say them are, are very unique. Also, um, like I said, uh, like during the mid uh, mid show break, I'm participating in a charity Dead by Daylight tournament this weekend. You can um, look up Lydia or not. She's one of the um, co-sponsors of it uh, on Twitch or on Twitter. And all the uh, the proceeds go to Make-A-Wish, which is a great foundation, a great organization that helps kids out. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. That's a lot of going on this month. I'm a busy <laughs> dude. I am a very busy guy. Huh, right. Well... Nothing compared to you, though. Oh, come on. (laughs) So I have um, the D&D, obviously, live play podcast, 5E, um, Fumbling 4 and the Almighty Crit. Yep, yep. We have the Cyberpunk Red podcast, Cyberpunked. That's Cyberpunk with apostrophe D. Um, We have our Call of Cthulhu live play, which is Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries. Oh, what else do we have? We also have the Resident Evil lore cast. Yep. Yes. Um, let's see. We also have coming out a very special preview at the end of this month of another show that we will be coming out with soon. And I will be hinting at the final show. Well, I take that back. We have another show coming out on the 25th of this month. We have the Avatar Legends TTRPG live play that we're going to start doing. It's coming out on the 25th of October. And then we have another show that I will hint at. It has a lot to do with the spookies. Yes, it does. A lot of the scaries. Um, If you like creepypastas, you'll love the show. And if you love your SEPs, you'll love it as well. Interesting. And it's not too different than the other shows we do. I'll just leave it at that. Leave I'll it leave at it that. at that. I'll leave it at that. Well, as the month goes on, we'll get closer to the reveal of what it is. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> a, it's a bread it's a breadcrumb trail. Yes, yes. But other than that, that's all I got going on. 
That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. Just a, not, just like not a big half deal. a dozen shows. It's, yeah, no happens, it's not a big deal. The list is getting so long that I can't remember half the things we do half the time. For sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week mm-hmm. with some uh, some more spooky stuff. Actually, um, yeah, we'll be back next week with some spooky stuff. It'll actually be our patron chat. Yeah. We'll be talking to um, our um, scholar and up patrons. Is that right? Yep. Uh, no. And, uh, uh, wizard and up. Wizard and up. I'm yep. Our wizard patron, wizards and deity, uh, wizards and fighter and um, deity patrons are mm-hmm. all eligible for the patron chat. And we're going to just keep up the theme of uh, spookiness. Like we'll be talking about their favorite, um, like uh, spooky uh, characters that they've played or, or creatures that they've fought or campaigns or adventures that they've played in. Um, so yeah, like we'll, we'll, we'll talk about all, all sorts of stuff. And the patron chats are a lot of fun because you get a lot of different perspectives too. Yeah. So you get a, um, like stuff that um, like uh, Lupus will bring up that he's done in a game. I'll think to myself like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Like, I, I want to do this now. That. Yeah, I, I want to do that <laughs> next time. Yeah. As I have always said, it's always best to learn your DM and player styles from other DMs and players. You cannot learn enough from other good players and good dms oh no absolutely you're true that's for true but on that note i think it is time for us to bid everyone adieu thank you so much see you next week see you next week thanks for listening to the dungeons and dragons Lorecast. if you've enjoyed the show please consider sharing it with a friend following us on twitter at DND Lorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons and Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.